0: The
2: Welcome to the Cow Corner Extra Show, with me, the Dolly Dropper, James Hill, Ian Slat Slater, Ian Alderson, and Ollie Griffiths, for your latest dose of all things lower league, Trotter Cricket. And welcome back to episode three, (laughs) actually two seconds, let's check this, are we on three or four? Okay, good start. To we
0: are on three. You. Yeah, three. Three. Just three. Yeah, yes. Three. Yeah.
2: Good have the Cow Corner Extra Show. My name's James Hill, and once again, as always, I am joined by my good friends Ian Slat Slater, Ollie Griffiths, and Ian Alderson. How are we, guys?
0: Yeah, good. Thank you. Good to be here, and uh, yeah, looking forward to finishing off last year and starting off with the the season ahead. Starting
2: we well, yeah, we've gone straight from the start with the season preview and thought we don't need anything else. We we nailed it. <laughs> we pretty much just got all the predictions correct. The season's going as it should be. We'll just go straight to the season review, eh? Ollie?
3: Yeah. So uh, we don't know where you've been or where, where any of you guys have been, but it's been been quite a while. So, yeah, we've had a season of cricket in the meantime, and uh, we're nearly back round to the start of the next season. So it'll be interesting to see if we can get a few more uh, pods in, in the coming season.
2: Yeah, and uh, it's been that long. It's now lambing season, Ian.
4: It is indeed lambing season. And um, so if I raise off and you hear a sheep in distress, don't panic anybody. No animals will be hurt during the making of this podcast,
0: OK? <laughs> <laughs> the odd farmer might suffer.
2: <laughs> so, we'll we'll start at the very beginning, because I hear it's a very good place to start. 2021, a return to the league structure and we'll cricket as we kind of knew it previous. How how did you feel that the season went, guys, from your opinions?
3: Um, personally, I, I think it, it went pretty well you know, all considering the, we still had a lot of COVID uh, worries knocking around, Um, you know, we didn't have teas, obviously, and we won't get into a tea debate uh, again, but um, yeah, it was, it was a good season, I I thought, all round, you know, good cricket was played, we had some pretty decent weather throughout the year. I think across the leagues, only a few games were lost to COVID in the end, and you know everyone was very understanding and, uh, and you know at the end of the day we, we want to play cricket and at this level it's all about having a bit of fun and i think that was achieved in in the whole
0: yeah i would agree with that I think, uh, I think the leagues were competitive and um, despite some covid scares and also you know people coming back into the game having potentially missed a year out um, and not played in the the 2020 season at all some teams were affected because availability was an issue trying you know trying to get a team together where previously they, you know, had no problems or little problems, and then suddenly found they got bigger problems because people had discovered golf or weren't prepared to come back and play just yet because of COVID scares, etc. I know it certainly affected us, um, but you know that's that's. That's how it is. You've got to get, get on with it, roll your sleeves up and, you know, let's enjoy some cricket. And as you say, the weather was generally OK. <laughs> there were some, I think uh, we tend to have a really good start to the season weather-wise and a really good end to the season weather-wise. But August was probably the worst month of the lot this year, I thought. But um, I don't know. I don't know what everybody else thought about that.
4: Well, we, we lost a few games because we were in Division 7 and it was a, a truncated season anyway because of the way the league was set up last season so um, we weren't due to start at the same time as everybody else, and we missed the good weather of the first two or three weeks, and then the next three games were called off because of of bad weather, so um, yeah, it was, which was disappointing because we only had 18 games, Hinstock pulled out, so it was down to 17 games, and we lost four games to rain through the season, so it was it was a bit stop-start with with us down in Division Seven, really.
2: Mm. We yeah, was, I mean, Ollie, you've mentioned no cricket teas, and I know that that was one of the things that was banned. That it's turned out that Boris Johnson has had in Downing Streets recently, but um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's political, isn't it?
0: Oh, <laughs> straight into the politics. And, and, and on the cut, um... potential news tonight.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, and also something that you mentioned slats. 2020 obviously a lot of people got into their golf and even though we're starting to get to that kind of normality of proper what we remember as a game of cricket do you think that some of the things that have happened in the last two years have really had a massive impact on the amount of people taking up and playing cricket uh, this last year have you found and also something i'd be interested to ask as well is um the impact on the 12 o'clock start times
0: yeah yeah i mean look i can i can kind of speak from personal experience Uh, you know Willie as a club only put one team in the truncated leagues in in 2020 the sort of the regional leagues we we couldn't put two sides out so we put one side out of course then you got a lot of people that aren't playing cricket every week who might have been available so they got into other things so i know certainly 2021 we did struggle for numbers um you know and our second team was it was weaker because of it and for the first time in Crikey, 11 years as captain of the Seconds had to concede a game, which we know we've never done. And I've always fought hard not to do, you know, but, um, you know, the fact that it was Newtown away had nothing to do with it in terms of traveling or anything like that, but it was, you know, we sort of had six, six players available uh, for the Seconds for that day. So that was a bit of a, a low point really um, and ultimately cost us. But, you know, I, yeah, just generally speaking to other people, certainly in sort of, Division 5 last year was that, you know, there were teams that were struggling for for players. I know Oldbury had a similar situation. They conceded against us. So, you know, whether that was, you know, harvest related or, or whatever, but and I know they were struggling. So I guess, you know, it has had that impact.
2: Do you think that it's had more of an impact on more rural sides and the sides, who, your second 11s and things like that compared to the kind of bigger town sides where and sides that are higher up the leagues, maybe, who,
0: you know... Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously, if Wellington lose a few players, it means they might not, you know, have a, a seventh team on a Sunday, perhaps. I don't know, you know, in terms of that, because so, they're that big, you know, they, they are a, a behemoth in terms of um, just sheer size in, in, in things, so that it's less of an impact if they lose, you know, half a dozen players. But to a smaller club, you lose half a dozen players, you, you really are struggling to get a side out um and that's that's kind of the difference so yeah you're absolutely right um but again it also helps if you're doing well and if you, you, you're going to keep people playing you know we, we had a tough season um you know in division five so you know it's kind of hard then to sort of encourage people to come and play when you're not winning every week
2: what would you say was kind of like the biggest reason would you say it's like the after social kind of thing
0: or uh i'll be honest with you i'm i'm, I'm, I'm not been a fan of the 12 o'clock starts if I'm honest I think you know people rush around have to rush around to try and get you know get everything done they need to get done on Saturday went to then go and play cricket and if you're traveling away you're leaving ridiculously early I mean you know bless those those boys from Lanny every other every other week they, they you know they're literally having breakfast together and setting off um you know and, and, and there's a lot of that in in, in the Shropshire League because it, we, we cover a, such a wide expanse from sort of Staffordshire across to Mid-Wales, um, you know, and up to Chirk and down to Ludlow, etc. So it, it it can be, you know, quite a trek. So um, I think that's also had an, an impact on it as well. Um, there's a number of things, but hopefully this year, people are more encouraged. I think, um, you know, I, th- I think uh, it'll be a better, a better season for everybody, hopefully.
4: I think the fact that we've stuck with 12 o'clock, whether you like it or not is a very good thing because if you keep tinkering with something, people don't know where they are, but at least now we have had 12 months of playing a 12. And I think going forward, it's going to be a lot better this year because people are in the habit. People get out of the habit of doing things. People got out of the habit of playing cricket in 2020 and 2021 could be a difficult season. But, um, I do think that, uh, you know, I quite like the 12 o'clock
3: start, but there you go. For me, the 12 o'clock starts were very, very difficult. As, as you know, I, I'm not the only person on this podcast that does a bit of groundwork, I'm sure. But for me, if, if, we'd, had, if we'd had a bit of inclement weather in sort of Thursday, Friday, and you had, couldn't finish the pitch off and you had to go and finish it on a Saturday morning, you're out there from half eight, nine o'clock, doing bits and bobs. And I was literally walking off the pitch to go and get my kit as the other team were turning up. And then you've got to go make your lunch as well. Um, so, yeah, I just, I found the 12 o'clock starts particularly hard from, from a personal point of view. Um, but I know a few others as well were struggling to finish work. You know, for, for us, it was, was some farmers that were struggling, um, you know, milking in the morning, doing, the, doing their jobs, and then literally turning up just in time for, or sometimes not just in time, for the first ball. Um, and that worked when we were at home, but it was a bit more difficult when we were away. Um, I appreciate some farmers. You know, you're, you're a farmer and you've got, you've got livestock and stuff and you, and you found it okay. But um, for general, for the people that, that I came across, um, and uh, like Hodnett, for example, I know, I know they spoke to most teams throughout the season and asked if they could have a later start because it's they, they, half their team couldn't turn up until, until sort of half 12 at the earliest.
2: Yeah, I think Oberbury um, yeah. had a similar issue. They you know, we asked, well, our second 11 at least asked a lot of sides if they could start a bit later and struggled with an element of that. And then also the 2020 element where golf had got back and cricket hadn't come back early enough. And then a group of them had kind of started playing golf regularly together. And and that kind of became a habit. And again, like you say, when you're struggling to put a side out, then the team starts losing and then you know, it's not as appealing as to come and play a game of cricket, is it?
0: But Yeah, I think also, I think if, if you know, there's a bit of inclement weather around, say it's rained in the morning, you know, if you've got a 12 o'clock start, you're looking at the pitch at nine o'clock and saying, we're not going to get this on. We're not going to get this game on. And yet, actually, if it was a one o'clock start or later or whatever, actually, you might have had a chance of getting that game on. As, as the weather dried up potentially. So I think there's an impact there as well. So it would be really interesting to see what happens. Yeah, I mean, on just on
3: just going back to James's point about um, people playing golf and the, the other thing is that, you know, certain players found that, you know, that they'd go off and they could do a lot of other things. Family know, life, yeah. With their, with their Saturdays, with their family and actually realised, you know what, I've played cricket every Saturday for as long as i can think but actually i quite enjoy doing some of this other stuff and yeah. they're out of the habit of playing cricket on a saturday and they've they've moved on to doing other things mm-hmm. and, and another factor for me is that the last two seasons we haven't had a pre-season um mm-hmm. you know so there's been we, we literally were allowed to play cricket last year just before the start of the season um you weren't allowed to be indoors you weren't allowed to do training in sports halls. And all that sort of thing so hopefully this year is the first year where people are actually starting to think about cricket again in in February March as opposed to oh the season started am I going to play am I not then you know they've they've had a bit of time to think about it beforehand and hopefully you know got back into a bit of a routine with with cricket and you know enjoying it again hitting some balls in the nets and um and then getting out on the park on a Saturday
2: yeah definitely and I'm really hopeful that this year will be a bit Well, everything seems like it's a bit different. I mean, if the UK was going to be locked down now, it'd be, well, if it was going to be locked down, it'd be locked down now, wouldn't it? So I'd say that signs would show that we're probably going to head into what is probably going to be the most normal season that we've had for a long time. But I know that I said that at the start of last season and then look what happened. So (laughs) well, um, yes, you you never know. You never know in the drama of everything that's going on lately. But um, yeah, I think... It's definitely, it's definitely going to be interesting. And I think a lot of clubs are going to have to be thinking outside the box to kind of get those people who have become disengaged in cricket and thinking of ways to get them back in, you know, through socials, through the pre-season, you know, and various other things just to try and get those people back, really. Uh, but maybe, you know, watching that Ashes Down Under, it's got everyone gagging to play <laughs> cricket and... Uh, 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 <laughs> but anyways, oh god. Um, enough with all that and I think it's about time that we go on to our season review so anyway guys uh, this is what's coming up on tonight's episode of the Cow Corner Extra Show on episode three of the Cow Corner Extra Show we break down every division from division four all the way down to division seven breaking down the 2021 season picking out our star performers players of the year and teams to look out for in 2022. All this and much, much more on another bumper episode of the Cal Corner Podcast. Okay, so starting with Division 5. And your champions of Division 5 were Gillsfield, who finished on 342 points, and in second place, Column, first 11, with 339 points. The sides finishing in the bottom two were Willie, second 11, with 168 points, sorry, slats, and Beacon in 10th with 175. Going back to the top of the table, we had Wichert, second 11, who finished third with 319 points. Wellington, fourth 11, with 243 points. Much Wenlock, first 11 in fifth place with 226 points. Newtown, second 11, 192 points. Seventh, Church Stretton, first 11, 181. In 8th place, the mighty Albury Cricket Club, 2nd 11 with 180 points and in ninth, Knocking and Kinelly 2nd 11. So guys, first things first, anything jump out to you at that table and Slats, uh, the main question is Gillsfield and Column were the top two?
0: Gillsfield was strong from the start to be fair and you know, sort of ran away with it early doors and then sort of had a bit of a wobble, got caught up. Column. Uh, just getting stronger and stronger. You know, we, we we finished runners up to them in 2019 and, you know, they were a decent side then and they've added players to that. Um, you know, and they've now got a second eleven as well as a club, so they're getting stronger and stronger. Um, and a good bunch of lads, you know. Um, obviously, Steve Griffiths going to Gillsfield, I think, made a big difference. He puts it on the spot, um, you know, with the bowling. So... Um, yeah, there were some interesting things uh, uh, around that, but um, yeah, I think that, to be fair, they were the two standout sides. I mean, which you finished third. Um, we had a, a high-scoring losing draw at their place, and then um, they don't travel well. That's unfortunately Wycherby's seconds. They uh, they don't travel well. We beat them comfortably. Well, I say comfortably, we beat them at our place. Uh, one of our few wins. <laughs> A few successes for the season, um, and then the bottom end of the division I think was was actually quite tight. You know, there was probably twelve or thirteen points between the bottom and four or so. So, uh, you know, it was um, an interesting league. I think um, you know we uh, we struggled at times, but then you know we we played. I mean, we had some really bizarre games. Um, you know, I remember walking off walking off the park. Having been bowled out for fifty two or fifty, yeah, fifty two or fifty six, something like that, and and you know thinking, great, another Saturday ruined, walking off not not out, not faced, and um, and then we bowled Beacon out and won by nine runs. So you know it's uh, a bizarre season at times, um, but I think the, two, the top two sides deserved. Comfortably to finish in those top spots, and it was it could have gone either way. It could have been Column or you know or Gillsfield as champions, uh, but both very strong sides.
2: Anything jump out as surprise, you guys looking at um, for
0: hands? me? For me, I was a little bit surprised
3: that Witchurch I mean, I, I obviously I don't know the the, the quality of Gillsfield and Column, and you know by all, by all accounts they they put two fantastic squads together and, and done really well but I was a little surprised that they finished ahead of the you know there's two there's two big clubs there behind them um, whitchurch and wellington and um, whitchurch specifically cuz it's their second team and their you know their first team are playing prem and and their second team in the in the sort of regional the year before we played them and and you know they walked away with the with the regional league um, and did you know did really well and there were teams in that league from divisions 3 4 and 5 last year um, so it was quite surprising to see them struggle. Really, not struggle. They've had a good season, but you know, in terms of um, like Slat said, they, they they didn't travel well.
0: Well, they lost so. Eddie Lewis, didn't they? Early doors, and then he went back. Yeah, right at the end. So he went to Shrewsbury. I mean, he scored a ton against us that second game of the season and looked really good getting it. Although we did drop him about four times, but you know, he, he's he's aggressive with the bat. Um I think that made a difference. I think. um it just didn't seem to travel well. I don't know what it was, you know. Um, they'd travel away and it'd be a lot of kids, you know, a lot. It was a different side to what we played at, at Whitchurch. Mm. Um, it was quite strange.
2: Yeah, having played against Whitchurch a few times in the past with their second level, at least, it is one of those that you can be. It's a stroke of luck as to who you turn up against on the on Sunday. Some days they'll have like a first eleven player or two who have come back from university or travelling or somewhere in the world and and have to play a second yeah or and have to play second eleven cricket for a game or two before they move up into the ones and then they'll go and smash a load of runs or you know or they'll have their normal second eleven team and they're very good and then sometimes you know they can be. Like most teams, short with a lot of youth players, but I mean, it's it, it it seems to happen more
0: often with them than others. I think I was surprised, genuinely surprised. You mentioned Wellington, and I, I forgot to mention Wellington. I was genuinely surprised that they didn't run away with the league because they we played we we played them, uh, you know, sort of May time at their place, and they look ridiculously strong. You know, they got players who've been playing in their seconds who are playing in the fourths. Um, You know, because it had an influx of players at the top end, it sort of pushed players down. So they were really, really strong at their place, and then we were reined off back at our place. But they seem to have lost games through the league that cost them their position. But you know, I think they were quite philosophical about it. Is that it was developmental, and they were actually quite happy at that level, Division Five, and 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 doing that. But it was, yeah, it was just. I mean, they they were they were very strong at their place. Yeah, I think you know, I think.
4: Well, I was just going to say. you know, obviously, uh, you know, I, was not, I wasn't involved in that league at all. But it looks a really interesting league on paper because had Slatsy's Willie won another game, you know, they could have jumped to halfway up the division. That yeah. bottom end of that division is so, so tight. You know, you uh, Willie had 168 points. Well, Church Stretton in seventh only had 181. Yeah. You know, um, really tight division. It could have gone anywhere at the end.
0: It went down to the wire. And if we had a played on paper... Ian, I might have scored a few more runs, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
4: That's the way forward, play on paper.
2: <laughs> yes. I think, it, I think well, you, you say this, I think, you know, Gillsfield and Colin have both come up and done really well and obviously deserve promotion, kind of shows that there may not be as big a gap between the divisions as you'd normally think. I know Beacon knocking Alberbree struggled for availability last season and their sides that you'd probably assume to be up there. And Beacon second eleven getting relegated. It's in quite not the best season for Beacon, but I mean I think they had their own issues with availability, and that's gone across both sides. I think Alberbury, it's been a good season for them in a way, as in they've blooded a lot of young players who wouldn't normally play second eleven cricket. But you know, outside of Rob Owen. Ed Roberts, John O'Green, you know, uh, probably a hand three, three or four players who've played 10 games or more. You, you've mm-hmm. got to be, you've got to, you've got to have more players than that if you get it above 10 games or more, if you're going to be. Yeah. And, I, I think, I mean. and
0: that's, that's the modern thing, unfortunately, is that, and whether that's a COVID impact or whatever is, you know, gone are the days of people, you know, turn up and playing 18, 19, 20 games a season. It, it, it's, it's a rare thing these days. And that's, you know, because people have other commitments and they try and fit, you know, their life around mm. these sort of things. So, you know, I think that's that sort of affects most clubs. To be fair.
2: Okay, so going on to the stats in Division Five, you had Ed Watson Jones who won the batting award with six hundred four runs in eight innings, three not outs. High score of 119 with an average of 120.8. Ed a player who's played for Witchurch's ones as well as the 2s. So you'd be hoping someone who plays in the prem would score. That would be at, at that kind of level in Division Five. He scored 400s and a fifty, and you know, yeah, he got he got good.
0: fifty against us at their at their place, and but he, he didn't look. So it was weird. It's I, I don't know whether he his timing wasn't. Great. He got a turn the week before, and he and he didn't look. All that, Ed, Ed, Eddie Lewis got a ton that day and looked really good. But, he's, you know, he scored runs consistently throughout the season. So, you know, he's you'd expect him to be uh, at the top of the run scoring charts, you know, um, playing on that deck as well every other week um, at Whitchurch. It's, you know, it was gonna even, even early part of the season. It was rock hard. So, you know, <laughs> fabulous.
2: So uh, in second, Mark Brown with 499 in 11 innings with an average of 45. Dave Williams in third with 493, with a high score of 103 and an average of 44. Eddie Lewis, 470 runs, seven innings, an average of 78. Dan Searle, um, 15 innings, 453 runs, high score of 91, average of 37. Then Milan Dan with 441. Dave Jones of Knockin three eight one, Ed Myers three seven eight of Much Wenlock, Owen Sylvester of Witshire three five five, and Sam Griffiths with three hundred fifty one of Gillsfield leading the bowling awards. Alan Williams thirty five wickets, Dave Arnold of Much Wenlock twenty seven wickets. Then in third place, Graham Ball in tw- with twenty seven. <laughs> I've just seen who's next. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, like so the old third, dog. Yet.
2: In third, Graham Ball with 27 wickets. In fourth, Ian Slater with 25. He is joint fourth with Rob Owen, Grant Tunnadine, and in seventh, Sam Minter and Steve Griffiths with 24. Jack Batkin in ninth with 23, and Dave Williams
0: with 22. So. Who stands out for you there, guys? <laughs> I'll tell you what, Bla- um, Mark Brown, Blaster, as he's known, uh, he got a massive ton at Witcher. It just shows what a good deck it is to bat on there. But he got a big ton there, which was a shock win for Much Wenlock as well, um, away at... Um, but, you know, if you look at that, Much Wenlock had three batsmen in the top, mm. in the top five or top ten.
2: He scored 138, and yeah. only
0: one other player that day got more than
2: single figures. Dan Searle yeah. with 26 off 62, which says a lot about his knock, really.
0: Yeah, well, he got a ton against us second to last game of the season uh, at, at, at much Wenlock and never looked in trouble. You know, he, once he's in, he's got a very good eye. You know, long levers, it's the ball hard. Dan Searle's a good batsman. You know, he'll, he'll, he'll get your runs uh, week in, week out, um, you know, left-hander. Um, and then, obviously, Ed Meyer's the keeper. You know, he, he always gets runs, seems to always just chip in with 30s, 40s, 50s. Um, so, yeah, you know, they, they, they've they got a good batting line up there. Dave Arnold with the ball. You know, actually, you think Much Wenlock would have finished a lot higher than they did, um, mm-hmm. you know, with that sort of talent in the side. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the Whitchurch boys with the bat. Yeah, very good. And obviously the bowling. Um, yeah, Alan Williams, used to be Alan Williams 999 years ago on Play Cricket when he played for Welshpool. Um, puts the ball on the spot um, and, you know, has some assistance from the wicket.
2: Well done on not mentioning yourself. Uh, anyway, <laughs> guys, anyone else that you'd like to pick out that have stood out you um, your having a look at this stats? No? Cool. Okay, Slats, so... Having played in the division last year, who is your pick for player of the season from Division Five?
0: Uh, that's a that's a, yeah that's a, that's an interesting one. Division Five player of the season for me probably. Um, I I would say he says scratching around for something to think of here. Uh, <laughs> no, I think you look, you look at an all round performance. So actually, for destructive batting. Mm uh Milan from column mm. yeah i mean he hits a damn noble. he's got a good eye but he bowls well as well i don't know how many wickets mm. he finished up with in the end but he he was he was a, a really good player to play against um and yeah mark brown was was strong with the bat but alan williams top 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 in the the wicket charts mm. you know shows that you know age is not a it's just a number in it and then, um you can keep you put it in the right places you'll get wickets and get reward for it. And, you know, there's. it's interesting. The likes of him, Graham Ball as well, puts it on the spot. Um, yeah, i will go with Alan Williams.
2: Fantastic. And Milan Dancingani got 13 wickets and finished 31st. Anyway, <laughs> okay. your prediction, final thing, Slats, early prediction for next season.
0: Yeah, not a clue. He was in there now. It's, oh, it's interesting because what happened? what's happened is obviously the top four from Division 6 have gone up. Yeah, um, which is really interesting. So you know, um, the hipsters' choice, Landed Loys, will be playing in. Uh, I mean, finished fourth? We'll be playing in Division Five. Um, who came down? Fens Bank. Uh, Bank. Yeah. Well, again, Fens Bank should be strong in that division. You would think. Mm-hmm. Um, it depends on the likes of, you know, Duncan and 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 uh, Mastermind wanna...
2: Zone Tom Lee
0: well yeah exactly so i would expect Fensbank to bounce back up again certainly be in that top 2 or 3 anyway um and then uh yeah i, I think alskip did really really well didn't they um and they are strong you know they've got they've had some players come in um so you know i think they could go again mm. uh Oskar seconds um And then, obviously, you've got Whitchurch and Wellington who should be performing and be up up in that top thing. Much Wenlock probably should have finished higher than they did with the talent they've got there. It's just getting 11 on the park every week, you know. And I I speak often to Andy Marlow, the uh, first 11 captain of Much Wenlock, and it's getting consistently the right 11 on the park every week It's always the problem. Um, And then, yeah, I mean, in terms of relegation focus... um, knocking struggled last year. Um, you know, Albury struggled, you know, you know, more. you're closer to the Albury than, than anybody. What's going to happen with your second 11 this year? Are they going to have, you know, the bodies out there or, you you know, are the guys that would have been playing second team cricket going to have to play in the first again, like happened last year?
2: Yeah. Well, that, that was kind of what happened last year, but, um, yeah, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that I can get some more players out this season as we've uh, changed captaincy this season. And, uh, I just happened to be at the AGM. so <laughs> <laughs> you know how it goes. So, yeah, but, but also, uh, at, I'm really looking forward to the challenge next season, and really hoping that um, that's a joke, really. Uh, but no, I'm really, no, I'm really looking forward to the season. Then uh, looking forward to taking over the second eleven uh, from Ed, who did a really good job over the last few years, and hopefully, yeah, we can get some get some of the old faces who haven't been playing in the last year or so. Get the social around the club again, and. Uh, but also get some of the talented youth players and uh, hopefully push ourselves up the table this year.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously as well, Shrewsbury Thirds have gone up. Again, they could be massively strong or, um, you know, you don't know what you're going to get with Shrewsbury Thirds. Depends how the first and second are faring and in terms of bodies. So they could be strong. The team that's really surprised me and gone up this year, obviously, is St George's Thirds. Mm. Who knows? Um, you know, because two years ago, they just about staved off relegation
2: yeah I did have a look at their side last season kind of on occasionally whenever they posted it up on Twitter and Instagram and noticed there were quite a few faces in that third level who had been playing for their twos in previous years so they're obviously quite a strong side across across the board now and um, with St George's getting promoted they'll be doing some more recruiting which I think will only see the sides get stronger to be honest so I think that they'll They'll definitely be up there. But anyway, I think this moves us on to our next division. OK, and on to our next division and Division 7, Ian. How was it last year?
4: Well, I mean, it was excellent for us. Um, we'd, uh, we'd benefited from the COVID year, not not putting a team into the regional stuff, um, played a few friendlies and got several players um wanted to come back and have a few games, which which is what happened. And then at the start of the 2021 season, of course, um, the local rugby wasn't taking place. and we had four rugby lads who were sort of been fringe players and hadn't played for a bit since they've been playing rugby. and uh, they wanted some competitive sport and came and played, um, for the first half of the season, and really got us up and running as well. And um, you know, it was it was a very competitive division. Um, mm. You know, there were a lot of good teams in there. Quat yeah. and Lillashaw, Ludlow, and Cherk had a very good season as well. Um, yeah. You know, it was a, it was a nice nice atmosphere to play cricket in as well.
2: Yeah, so we'll go through Division 7. So Division 7 finished with Corvedale, first 11, finishing top with 270 points. In second place was Quat third 11, with uh, 233 points. In third place was Lillishall, third 11, with 216 points. Fourth place, Ludlow, third 11, with 203. In fifth, Chirk, second 11, with 188. In sixth, Welsh Bull, second 11, with 177. In 7th, Albrighton, 2nd 11 with 173. In 8th, Keyside with 172. In ninth, Beacon, 3rd 11 with 162. In 10th, Chiffnall, 4th 11 with 153. In 11th, Forton 2nd 11 with 145. In 12th, Kai Glass, 2nd 11 with 115. In 13th, Condover, 2nd 11 with 112. In 14th, all Scott, third 11 with 83. And in 15th, Elsmere second 11 with 78. So, again, no one getting relegated from this division. Um, but yeah, congratulations to Corvdale, Quartz, Ludlow, and Chirk, who all well got done, promoted.
4: Cheers,
2: yeah, <laughs> guys. Um, who all got promoted <laughs> this season. And uh, good to see that another one of our, our predictions. Was correct this time with Corvdale and Chirk both going up along with Quat, and I think we also said Ludlow as well. So, just the time where we uh, pat ourselves on the back, guys. Yeah, <laughs> take what you take what you can get these days, can't you? We, we get so many things wrong on this podcast. We might as well enjoy the enjoy the small victories as well as we can. But um, yeah. So Ian, with um, with there being so many sides in the league, did you fi- how did you find that this year?
4: It was a frustrating season. Uh, like I said, we uh, the league was set up that we played everybody once, and we were split into little regional sections. So we we should have played three teams. There was four four teams were put into little regional sections. So we were in with Quat, Ludlow, and Shifnal. Um, believe it or not, um, because they're very close to uh, Cordell, Chiffnall. Um but. Uh, it, the, the the start of the season was rained off. Um, we were due to start a fortnight behind everybody else, and we missed the first two or three games of the season. Um, so it, it didn't really get going. But once we got going, um, uh, you know, it was it was absolutely fine, and um, there were some great performances throughout the division. Um, it was uh, like I say, it was played in a very good atmosphere. You know, it's it's the bottom division of uh, the the Shropshire. Saturday leagues, and um, you know, I think everybody was just very, very happy to be playing cricket after uh, the the previous season.
2: Yeah. So, were there any surprises to you this season? Anyone that you thought would uh, do a bit better than they did, or anyone who didn't do as well as expect?
4: I did. I thought Condover might have done a bit better. Mm. Um, You know, um, they they were they finished up thirteenth. I think they struggled towards the end of the season to get teams out. Um, but uh, it's having, know, uh, least,
0: it's having the least offensive odds you playing for him mate that's what it is <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah well he did, he played in the ones quite a bit at the end didn't he but uh, Chirk did very well they had a very good steady season all the way through you know Lilleshall all were a, a, another strong team um, and, and Quatt are always good they're a great club to play against you know it's a lovely setup there and uh, you know they're always going to be there or thereabouts so, guys,
2: any any other thoughts on Division Seven? Anyone who, who surprised you guys going around
0: the room?
3: Yeah, Corvdale surprised me. But I didn't, didn't didn't think they were that good. I didn't think they had that good of a leader. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, 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 fair. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was surprised actually. You know, you know, some of the teams didn't play seventeen games. So, Lillishall got promoted in third with a game in hand. But they didn't get promoted. Oh, sorry, didn't you? Yeah, okay, with the game in hand. But All Brighton, if you look at the league, now, maybe Ian, you can shed some light on this. But All Brighton had 16 games, finished on 173 points. Chirk, who got promoted in fifth, played 17 games on 188 points.
4: Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> All, actually, All Brighton were top for the first part of the season because that little microclimate. Um, they didn't miss a game right at the start of the season, and yeah. I think they had a couple of own games the first two games, and uh, they, they didn't miss a game. But Chirk, Chirk were just um, steady, you know, they they were always, always picked up points. If mm. they lost a game, they still were getting points. Yeah. Um, I'm, know, looking for,
0: I'm looking forward yeah. to playing against them. I've never played at Cherk, so that'll be a new ground for me, which is uh, always a joy.
2: Yeah, they're a good side Cherk and um, they've got some good talent there. And I know a lot. good to see a few of their players making it into the first 11 as well this season, which is, you know, going from Division 7 and then holding their own in Division 1. says so something about what they're doing at a club like that. And um, they've got some good leadership there as well. And um, some good people in the club who uh, are heavily involved in making the club go as far as possible. So going on to the stats in Division Seven, the leading run scorer was Joseph Cotton of Quat CC with 444 runs, with a high score of 129 in seven innings, with an average of 74. You got Adam Williams of Corvedale with 433 runs. in eight innings with a high score of 141 with an average of 86 then you've got andrew brooks with 422 of condover high score of 75 with an average of 52 matthew hawes of ludlow with 416 runs you've got in fifth fortons faz parker with 342 runs sixth ben gallimore 314 seven dax Hardman of Beacon 289. Then Mark Ward on 275 and Mark Gilbert on 257 of Quats. And then Martin Rogers of Keyside with 252 in 10th. On to the bowling. Uh, leading wicket taker was Matthew Harris with 21 wickets of Keyside. Craig Massey of Corvedale with 20. Stephen Connor of Kchirk with 19 harry aldridge with 18 and adam williams of 16 both of Corvedale. dave brammer in sixth with uh, 16 mark astbury also with 16 along with steve boney with 16 and in ninth max ferrington and stephen taylorson both with 15 of shifnell and quat cc so out of those guys Who's standing out as as the main players? And uh, we'll start with you, Ian.
4: Well, obviously, um, we had a great season. Um, Adam Williams was super with a bat and the ball, batted beautifully, bowled beautifully. Um, t- took seven for three in one game against Welsh Ball. Um, devastating bowling. Um, Harry Aldridge took seven for two against Kylie Glass. Uh, you know, it was another fantastic display. So, you know, we had a great season, but apart from us, Joe Cotham at Quatt was fantastic. Paul um, Alden batted really well. Um, he was unlucky not to be in the team of the season, I thought. Um, definitely the best player we played against um, the, this season. And there was also another uh, good lad. He, hadn't, he hasn't played lately. He used to play for higher up for Schiffnell, but uh, Matthew Hutchins... Played very well against us for Shifnal no fours. Had a very good game against us. Batted and bowled very well. And uh, hopefully, you'll play more cricket going forward in the future. Um, yeah, I was going to say um, just on Joe Coughlin. He actually came and played for quite,
3: um again in our in our league as well. And you know, he handled himself very well in Division Four. You know, so I can I can really see that he he would have had a good season in Division Seven because he, he he came and had a good game against us and and scored a few runs and took took quite a few catches in the outfield as well. So he's, yeah, he's got yeah, a good yeah, all
4: right game. Field, yeah, yeah. He's, he's is, is he related to football. Jenny?
0: Yeah, he's his brother. Yeah, so cricket cricket runs well in the family, then doesn't it? You know, yeah, because Jen, Jenny is a really good cricketer. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that'll be interesting then.
4: Okay, so.
2: First things first, then, Ian, who's your Division 7 player of the season?
4: Well, obviously, if I'm, uh, <laughs> if I'm, if I'm a little biased, <laughs> um, you know, um, Adam Williams was fantastic, uh, you know, runs and, and wickets and fielding, um, you know, but if, if I'm not picking somebody from my own side, I'm going for Joe Coffin.
2: Good choice. And uh, a 12-team league next season in Division 7, and what's your prediction
4: for that? Well, I think um, you know uh, I haven't really studied that, but I, I'm expecting uh, I'm expecting Lillishall to do very well again. They were we they actually rang me um, Steve Boney rang me the day we were meant to play Hinstock, and um, they would conceded their first game the Saturday before, and he said, "Did we want to have a friendly? You've got Hinstock next week." And I said, "Well, they haven't called it off yet." And he said, "Oh no, they're going to." Um, so he said, you know, you can come and have a friendly with us. So we went up and had a friendly with them. And, um, you know, great side to play against. And they played really well against us in both games. They they won the friendly and lost the league game to us. But it was, you know, they're a good, strong side. I'm expecting them to do very well next year. And I think that uh, Keyside are going to do a bit better. Uh, I thought they might have done a little bit better this year. Um, is the longest serving captain, deserves a mention. You know, he's... Uh, He's done it for twenty odd years. Uh, he's he must be older than Slats. But, he's uh, a year older
0: than me, mate. I went to school with him <laughs> at WEM.
4: Uh, so, yeah, uh, Dickie you know, Spry. Yeah, no, no yeah, I know he's Dickie been very well. Again at Keyside, and uh, you know he deserves a mention for all the work he's done. And uh, and and I think uh, Gray's uh, Condover are going to do better. At they had a lot of young lads when we played them, which can only be good for the future of Condover. And uh, I think they're going to do really well this year.
2: Okay, great. And that moves us on to our next division. Okay, and we move on to the next division and division four. So your victors are Quad Second 11 with 401 points, absolutely walked the league this season. In second, Trisel and Sizden first 11 with 311. Get your letters in for how incorrectly I've said that. And in 11th place, Market Drayton, first 11 with 207. And finishing bottom in 12th, Iscoid and Fens Bank, first 11 with 198. Elsewhere in the division, in third place, Condover, first 11, 299. Fourth place, Hodnit Peplo, first 11, 252. Fifth place, Acton Reynolds, first 11, 226. In sixth, Bishop's Castle, first 11, 225. In seventh, Bridgenor, third 11, 221. Kai Glass in eighth, 217. Calverhall in ninth, 216. Brosley in tenth, with 211. So, guys, apart from the fact that you've got about Fifteen points separating tenth and fifth place. What jumps out to you about the division this season? And we will start off with yourself.
3: Um, yeah. So I mean, you're right. Quot, and I think we, uh, I think we picked them as as the as the team that was going to or should certainly be the strongest in that division. They they were far and away the strongest team. Um, I mean, I certainly remember. Chasing the ball round all afternoon on a very hot sunny day at Quat, um this season, you know, just just some absolutely quality players and and a, and a genuinely nice bunch of guys as well and girls. Um, so yeah, great great team. Trisol were also very strong and deservedly deservedly went up. Um, I think they had I think they had uh, Lee Craig in there and he he scored. A hell of a lot of runs. I think he was probably up there across all of the leagues in terms of in terms of runs, and backed up by a number of very good bowlers and another another batsman as well. Um, and then Condover, we had some fantastic games against Condover. We actually beat them at their place, and I think they beat us. At our, I can't remember the our place, but I would certainly remember a fantastic game at their place. And it, it sort of all came down to the last. A um, few overs and whether whether or not we got Charlie Rogers out, and uh, we were lucky enough to get him out. He'd scored, he scored a very good um, ton that day, but we managed to get him out. And um, he he was he he was just a fantastic player um, for them this year. Really, really, really good player. Um, you know, and and like I've mentioned Lee already, they they both could be playing at a much higher standard. Mm. Um, I know Charlie, very happy at Condover. And I know he's had lots of offers to go elsewhere and try elsewhere, um, but he loves Condover. It's in his blood. You know, it's, it's a family family club for him, and and what he doesn't want to go anywhere else. As for the rest of the league, it was all very close. And as you, you know, as you, as you said, there's 15 points um, between t- 10th and fifth. But going into the last game of the season, it was it was a lot closer. I mean, we at Carver Hall were in fifth going into the last game of the season, and. and we we didn't play the last game of the season for a variety of reasons. I think we could get about four four players, so we had to concede the last game of the season, and that dropped us from fifth down to eleventh on on the day. And of course, we had a few points from a COVID game to to go back on, as as did a few clubs in our division, and it and it dropped us and it popped us back up to. No, I think we were tenth, and it popped us back up to ninth. But I think any of those teams, including. Um, fens bank who you know sadly fell away towards the end of the season and, and well struggled all year and um, they and that was down to availability a big big part was down to availability for them um you know even that even them on their day would have, would have given anyone a run for the money maybe maybe not you know, i'm talking about these teams on their day maybe Quatt and Trisol would be anyone but the rest of them could be anyone and it was a really, really close division. Um, there was just sort of, you know, you, you was look at the look at the games before the, at the start of the weekend, and you'd go, you couldn't really pick, apart from the the two obvious ones. Um, you couldn't really pick who was going to who was going to come out on top in those games, and it was just you know, a really good league all round, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, I think we all backed quad to bounce back up after getting relegated. Some would say harshly. Um, in, in 2019, um, I know we played them in the mini leagues and they were damn strong in that as well and won it comfortably. We also played Treasil, who were pretty strong too, you know. Um, you know, they've got a good bunch of lads there as well. Um, quite as you say, really nice bunch of lads and lasses. Um, you know, yeah, it's a really good setup at that club. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, other than those, those top three, really, um, it's sort of Yeah, you could put a hanky over it, couldn't you, really? And sort of, (laughs) who's going to go down? Who's going to stay up? Uh, A really tight league. So um, I I, I think Brosley will bounce back next year. They'll be stronger. I think they've done some recruiting over the winter. It'll be interesting to see how strong they are. Um, But yes, it'll be an interesting league this year again, I would think.
2: Yeah, we mentioned, obviously, that Quatt will be very happy with the with the season that they've just had and very much proving what they've been saying previous, which is that they should never have gone down in the first place, really. And proving it 90 points between them and trees all, um however you want to say it. Very sorry, please someone tell me so that I can know for the next one. Um and that's that's the same difference between them and Bridge North who finished in seventh so you know it's just it goes to show the the gap that you've got there and yes yeah, uh, you look at the, you look at the rest of the, the division and it's, it looks very evenly matched but also at a glance you'd say that they're kind of sides that you'd expect to be there and thereabouts really in a you know all very much of a the sides without I don't mean to in that in a disrespectful way I just think you know they're very all very similar kind of sides would you say
0: yeah, I mean, it's good to see Hodnett actually doing okay in that league, having been relegated in 2019 um, from Division 3. I think they sort of held their own, which is good, you know, and hopefully, you know, the club's on an upward spiral now rather than, you know, as it was on a bit of a downward spiral at the time. So, you know, that's always good to see. Acton Reynolds
2: finishing in fifth, having got rid of their second eleven as well.
0: Yeah. Um, and that's, that's, that's interesting, you know, because, again... You look at Reynolds and say they've got some cracking batsmen, you know, uh, Mr. Fox, who always gets runs. Um, so, yeah, uh, pleased the for fantastic. them. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, I mean,
3: and, and Acton Reynolds had. I think I think I, I said earlier on. I said Witcher had won the the regional division, but actually, it was Acton Reynolds that won the, the regional division in um, in twenty twenty. And uh, but you know, were pushed hard by Wychurch. Um But that they, they, you know, to, to back that up with you know a, a good finish in in this division this mm. this year was really good from them and and you know and like like we've said they're a great bunch of guys um and you know it's a nice it's a nice picturesque place to go and play cricket as well
2: and uh and a big uh well better season for Kai Glass first 11 having just missed out well you know just survived the seasons before um to finish in eighth position and Market Drayton, obviously, uh, any news on what's happening with them next season?
0: Uh, well, obviously, they've uh, um, resigned from the league and have, have, have left the Shropshire League. Um, but as to where they're going to be playing their cricket next year or if they're going to be playing cricket next year, I don't know, is the honest answer. I haven't heard anything. Anybody else heard anything? I've heard
3: a vague rumour there's some sort of um, potential of a, of a join-up with another club in Staffordshire. But how true that is don't know it's all it's all hearsay and my mate said his dad said his girlfriend said sort of sort of thing um (laughs) just on just on Kai Glass and Mark Adrain they actually played each other on the last game of the season so it was a it was a winner takes all sort of game really and and it was a case of whoever came out of it with the most points was staying up and whoever didn't was going down so you know that just, just that just goes to show that Kai Glass jumped from uh Possible, possibly being relegated on the last game of the season to, to finishing in eighth, and that just shows how close the rest of that division was. Once you've sort of taken out the top top three teams.
2: Okay, moving on to moving on to the statistics in Division Four. Now, the batting. Wow, what a division this was! You've got Lee Craig with a thousand and thirteen runs, with an average of one hundred twenty-six, with a high score of one hundred twenty. 15 innings and seven knocked outs, six fifties and three hundreds for Tricel Tricel. In second place, Charlie Rogers with 994 runs in 18 innings, five not outs, a high score of 116, an average of 76.46, 10 fifties, two hundreds. Then in third place, 705 runs, Sam Cotter, three not outs, 11 innings, an average of 88 with a high score of 147, 350s, 400s. O.A. Abdul with 656 runs with a paltry average of (laughs) 54.67, a high score of 80 and only the 850s. Elliot Parker in at fifth, 615 runs, 92 high score, average of 47. Robbie Barker in sixth with 538 runs. Uh, Neil Bennett in seventh with 510 runs. Alfie Oakes in eighth with 482 runs. Thomas Mulder with 415 runs in ninth. Ian Fox. With 403 runs and in 13th place with 375 runs, Oliver Griffiths of Calverhall. So, guys, it must have been an absolute run fest. I kind of feel sorry for the to be a bowler. Is that um? Is that why you changed uh, the
3: baton. Is that
2: is that why you changed your role in the side this season, Ollie?
3: No, no. Well, sad, sadly, my role had to change because I've got a shoulder injury and I just can't seem to get it right. So, um, I uh. I can't bowl anymore. Although I did have <laughs> one afternoon at Dreissel, I did um, try and bowl because we were that desperate um, and it didn't go particularly well. Although I did get a wicket. So, um, but uh, yeah, no. It, it, <laughs> you, started, the, you started. You started well Biggest pie chuckers in the world, biggest pie in the world can, get a, uh, can get a wicket. So that's all I'll <laughs> say about that bowling spell. Yeah, no, I, I started off the season for some reason in astronomical form. I don't know what happened. I scored, I scored quite a few runs in the cup as well. Um, on top of the league. And that that, that was, I, th- I think early on in the season, there was uh, myself and, and another lad who scored some runs early on. And then in the middle of the season, it was a different couple of lads. And then towards the end of the season, it was a different couple of lads again. Um, and I think, yeah, I, I got lucky somehow early on um, and scored a few runs, which is unheard of for me. Um, but we shared, we seemed to share the runs out at our club. This year, which which is which is actually good, because it meant everyone was was involved and and you know it was, but yeah no um, there are some good there were some good pitches in the in the league last year, you know playing on Quat's first team pitch was just was was a pleasure, um, you know I, I like to think Carroll's a nice place to bat at times. Condover was good to play and um, you know there's just some, just some really great grounds in there um, to go and to go and play. Uh, cricket and p- very some very picturesque. S- sadly, we didn't get to go to all of them because of the weather or COVID or one thing or another. But it, yeah, no, it was it's it's a great it's a great league, and we've been in it for quite a few years now, and finished at different different points in in that league. And yeah, I mean, you know, it's 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 great, and long may it continue, really.
2: And going on to the bowling in first place. Hogging it, hogging the runs, hogging the wickets. O.A. Abdul, 35 wickets. In second, Simon Palmer, 29 wickets. In third, Jimmy Arbuckle uh, with 27 wickets. Harry Northcote in fourth with 25. Joint fourth, the mastermind himself, Tom Lee, with 25 as well. Matthew Coulson with 24 of Kai Glass. Ray Ambari with 22 wickets. Terry Cowburn with twenty-one wickets, um, Guy Black in ninth, and also Ethan Allman, all three on twenty-one wickets. Uh, Bridge North and Market Drayton. So, who stands out for you, Ollie, as your player of the season? Who 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 are your standout players?
3: I mean, well, looking at the looking at the figures you've just read out, um, Oase Abdul from Hodnet is is you know he, he clearly stands out. However, I didn't see it because he didn't score any runs against us in either game and and, and took a few wickets um, you know for some reason you know, one of the Podnik guys said to me at the end of the season said for some reason you're the only team he hasn't scored runs against this year um, <laughs> luck i think more than uh, skill potentially but um, for me i mean if you look at the if you look at the if you look at the runs at uh, the batting i think the the top 4 top 5 in that division were stand out from, from the rest. Um, so, I, and, and for me, Charlie Rogers, you know, Lee Craig did it and, and got scored a lot of runs, but he did it in a good, in a very good team. And I'm not saying Condover aren't a good team, but Charlie Rogers was the standout player for me in that, in that, that team. Um, you know, ably supported by the likes of Robbie Barker and, and a few others. Um, but Charlie Rogers was just, he, he was the player you went to, to Condover and were like, we, we need to get Charlie out and we'll we'll cope with the rest. Um, so for me, the standout player of of, of the league last year was was
0: Charlie.
2: Fantastic. Anyone else want to chip in with anything?
0: It's hard to see past Lee Lee Craig, isn't it, with all that all those runs? Um but yeah, I mean Charlie's been developing as a cricketer every number of years and consistent. Hmm.
2: Fantastic player, and as as they all are. And if you're playing Calcorn Corner Bingo, there you go. There's your first fantastic of the episode, unless I go back <laughs> later on and find that I've said it somewhere else without knowing. But anyway, let's move ourselves on to the next division. Okay, now we move on to Division Six. And your champions were All Scott Heath, second 11 with 320 points in second place, Shrewsbury, third 11 with 290. 8 points. Down the bottom in 11th place, finishing bottom was Harcourt, 1st 11 with 84 points and in 10th place Ponsbury, 2nd 11 with 112 points. Elsewhere in the division, in 3rd place, finishing 6 points behind Shrewsbury, 3rd 11 was St George's, 3rd 11. In 4th place, Lanidloy's 1st 11 with 271 points. Those sides all going up. Lillishulls, second 11 in fifth with 249. Beaumont Heath, second 11 on 238. Then Kun second 11 with 189. Coton Hall, first 11 with 174 in eighth. In ninth place, Montgomery, second 11 with 162. Now, guys, I would say what jumps out to you. Well, I'll send it to the group. What jumps out to you guys about that division?
0: again it was a competitive division i think in in almost like little mini leagues um, you know through the the top sort of four sides um were all very strong um, and then you got a sort of another little mini league in the middle there uh with Lillishall, Bomerheath Kund uh, and and Coton Hall and then obviously um, Monty Ponsbury and Harcourt um Grease me to say, as I started my career at Harcourt many years ago, uh, obviously, they had a bit of a slide down the divisions, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, they're a singleton club and struggle for 11 every week at times. Um, great bunch of lads and, and, you know, some great people there who put a lot of time and effort in, you know, uh, Roger Davies, um, you, know, <laughs> you know, keeps the club going, I think. Um and, you know, more power to his elbow. We just, uh, it's a shame they didn't pick up a number of players from Acton Reynolds' seconds uh, when they folded, because they're not a million miles away. Mm-hmm. Um, what surprised me is Ponsbury seconds. I was just about and to yeah, say, we, we surprised Lombard to see
2: Ponsbury Lombard second, Lombard. 11, Montgomery second, 11, down in ninth and tenth, is what I was going to say. But then there is quite a gap between Monty and Ponsbury, 50 points.
0: Yeah, but Ponsbury seconds, you know, I remember playing against them in... Um, Old Reserve 2, and, you know, they were a strong side, you know, and um, and then they got, harsh, I think, harshly relegated one year, and it made a huge difference. I mean, I think I think they finished something like, like they got 250 points and still got relegated in one year, uh, when the bottom six got relegated virtually, um, and it had an impact. But then Ponsbury as a club, I think their first struggled a little bit as well.
2: Massive, um, yeah, massively with availability.
0: Yeah, but I think you know there's some good news on the on the horizon for them. I think uh, I've heard a very strong rumor that Matt Hartshorn's going back there. He has gone back. Yeah, has gone back. I so can
2: confirm that line here. That's an exclusive.
0: And and you know, so that will bring strength to their first team, and you know, we'll turn things around. I w- I would suggest you know. So again, hopefully that will rub off on the seconds, and they'll be strong um, in Division Seven. Uh, this, this coming season. As it's, it seems hard to say it, to be honest, it's strange. But, um, but the top four, I think, apart from Olskert, I think I picked, no, actually, tell a lie. <laughs> apart from Olskert and St. George's, I picked Shrewsbury and Lanny to be up there, mm-hmm. certainly. Um, you know, L- Lanny D'Loyce, the, uh, the hipster's choice, choice yeah. that's it. Um, you know, and those top four have all been promoted, which is, um, yeah, I think it's, it's popular positive. They you know they weren't that far. There wasn't that much between them to be fair. So, you know, forty points or so. So I think uh, that's that's really good. Um and I think they'll all do well um in in division five next year. Um or this year rather this se- coming season. Um and yeah St George's though, just a different side to the side I played against two years ago. Uh, but I think they had a big change of captaincy and as you say strengthened from the top down I think.
3: I was just gonna say I mean all Scott Heath are obviously, it's their, their second team and their first team um, are a bit further up the up the structure. Um, just listening to um, a, a fantastic podcast somewhere. I, I believe someone said that they're, they're trying to get their second team a bit closer to their first team. Oh, no, it wasn't a good podcast. Sorry, was it was. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> for a minute, I thought someone actually liked it and listened to it for a minute.
3: <laughs> no, no. Um, I think Mr Starling was saying that they're uh, aiming to... Um, get their uh, second team a bit closer to their first team just for, you know, as all, as all those, as all those teams higher up in the divisions, you know, they need, they need their second team to be a bit close to their first team for interchange, uh, you know, interchanging yeah. players between the two teams. Otherwise it's a big jump. Um, and I think Oscar with the, the plans that have been submitted, I, I have seen them on the wall, on the wall there in the club. And, um, quite exciting times for them going forward. So I, I think we can probably see Olskert moving, moving up through the leagues if, if, if things are to be believed. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I could, yeah, I could see them being a side that are just going to go from strength to strength, a bit kind of like Shelton in recent years, you know, their the second 11 getting stronger and, you know, with the first 11 getting stronger and more people going across to there. And, is exactly. that you're going to see, you know, first 11 players going into the twos, and obviously with the new builds around the area as well in All Scott, you know, you're going to get more people coming to play cricket and more people spending money in the club, which is all important when it comes to those things. But, um, yeah, you look at some of the sides down there, though, you know, you've got you've got Kun, second 11, Montgomery, second 11, Ponsby, second 11, sides who have all been up there, and you know, you've got Beaumier Heath, who's very strong side, first 11, you know, the you know these are big clubs and to find themselves middle lower middle table bottom half of the league you'd be expecting them to want to bounce back next season with your stats
0: well to be honest with you i, I you know where i see lillial boma and kund um i think i expected to see them in that sort of those sort of mid table positions uh, boma Heath are a, a solid side paul bolland you know leads the team very well but they they're never going to run away with it. They, you know, they will have mixed fortunes, I think. And similarly, current seconds, you know, they can be brilliant on their day, um, but they can also struggle a little bit as well. Lillishull, um, again, depends on the youngsters coming through, um, you know, big mate of mine who uh, just qualified for the over fifties in this last season, uh, Simon Millington, you know, he hits the ball hard. I mean, I think he weighed in with something like 450 runs last year. Um, and but it's, it's, it's about the youngsters coming through, isn't it, that, you, that makes the difference? So, um, sorry, Simon, I didn't, you know, if people didn't want to know you were 50. Hard luck. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, and you've got people like, you've got some really good cricketers playing in those sort of teams at the moment. You think, why are they playing second 11 cricket? Rich Barge, um, you know, scored 600 odd runs playing second 11 cricket for Lillishall in Division 6. Um, you know, some would say he, you know, he's trying to burgle a trophy rich but anyway um it's yeah I, I, I don't know it's it's finding that level isn't it in terms of you know as we all get a bit older sometimes and you you know you can't get in the first team so you play second team cricket but it's probably just a step too low for some of those people
2: yeah okay so moving on to the stats in division six you've got first in the run scorers Rob Davis with 739 he averaging 82 with a high score of 203. Fantastic effort, that Rob. And in second, Richard Barge, 655 runs, an average of 163 with a high score of 150, not out. 10 innings, six not outs, 350. <laughs> that <is> mascot. three hundreds. <laughs> In third place, Alex Walker of Shrewsbury, 527 runs, 13 innings, two not outs, high score of 101, average of 47. Richard Benting, 460 runs of Old Scott Cricket Club. William Denham, 447 runs in fifth. In sixth place, Simon Millington, 445 runs. Alex Cadman, 416 runs of Coton Hall. In seventh, in eighth, Farrell Waters... 406 runs of Kunz CC. Stephen White with 377 runs. And a friend of the podcast, Sam Sherwin, with 375 runs in 10th for Shrewsbury. With the ball... First is Rob Bagshaw with twenty nine wickets of Lillershul. Second, Adrian Folks with twenty eight wickets of Lannidlois. The hipster's choice in third place: Tom Atkins of Shrewsbury with twenty seven. Does anyone speak well? How do you say? How do you say that?
0: I'm going to go with Egan. Egan
2: Egan Jones with 26 wickets. Sorry, Egan, if that's
0: not right, mate. Apologies.
2: In fifth, Ryan Jones with 24 wickets, tied with Mark we uh, also with 24 wickets. Richard Addison with 23 wickets, both of Scott Heath Cricket Club. Emily Day in eighth of Bowmere Heath with 22 wickets. Alan Myatt of St. George's with 21, and Paul Bolland with 21 wickets in 10th place. So, guys, Having had a look at both the stats, who stands out for you in this division?
0: Yeah, it's, it's a really interesting one. That, to be honest with you, because obviously from a batting perspective, Rob, who I've met recently, really nice guy, um, hits the ball hard, got a lot of runs, but didn't play a lot of a lot of matches. I think he literally just played ten games all season. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, if you go with the league's um, player of the season, it was it was. <laughs> It was Rich Barge. <laughs> well, an average of
2: 163 is hard to it's look at to... surely.
0: It is, absolutely. But, um, uh, yeah, there's some strong sides in there. I mean, you know, look at uh, Mr. Benting, who was playing for Wellington thirds in Division Three not too long ago. Um, you know, so uh, that's, that's quite interesting. But, yeah, those, uh, I, I'd say you, you look at Rich Barge, probably. Yeah. Um, Uh, as as the standout but then you know Rob Bagshaw taking 29 wickets as well
4: Um, yeah on that point I think Rob um, I think Rob Bagshaw deserves a mention because a few years ago he was the Lillishaw's third team captain and wouldn't even bring himself onto bowl because he just lost his rhythm and uh, I think for him to come back and be leading wicket taker in that division this year is uh, superb for Rob well done
0: yeah, and you know, an average of ten. Twenty-nine wickets and an average of ten is, is is damn good going to be fair. So um uh yeah, and strike rate of 18.4. So yeah. He does he does definitely deserve a mention, Ian, you're absolutely right. Ollie? Um sorry. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> sorry. I was uh, looking I was up, to...
3: up I was looking up how to pronounce Egan as over me. <laughs>
0: Oh dear. Is it is it Owen?
3: It's Owen, yeah.
0: Oh uh, Owen, apologies. It's the it's, it's the hipster's choice, mate. What can you do?
3: Or well, well maybe well you might want to re you might want to re-record that bit. I don't know.
0: <laughs> no, it's just
3: funny as it is.
2: And in fourth, Owen Jones with twenty-six wickets. Oh, it's pronounced Egan now, is eh? <laughs> Well, we've got two options there, anyway. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like trisel and treacle, isn't it? I suppose. Yeah. Just pick um,
3: one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, just looking at the runs, like like we've already said, there's there's some serious amounts of runs in there. Rob Davis um has scored a hell of a lot of runs. But just looking a bit further down, down the list, um, there's you know, there's, there's there's still you know, there's some big runs in the in those in those sort of five, six, seven, eight places. Alex Cadman at Coton Hall. Um Keeps wicket sometimes. Captains um, when he can. Um, he, he plays a lot of football as well. So when they can get him on the park, he's, he's a fantastic player. But um, you know, he's he divides his time between football and um, and cricket. And I know he turns up having played football sometimes in the morning and, and goes and play and, and scores some runs for them. Sometimes it doesn't come off you know, as it, as as it is for a lot of us. It doesn't come off more often than 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 not. But. Um,
2: yeah, um, yeah, so yeah, interest, interesting outlook there, guys. So, who is our pick for player of the season then from Division Six? Uh, just uh, go, for, go for a name from each of you, and we'll start with Ian.
4: I'll go for Rob Bagshaw.
0: Rob Bagshaw, Slats, uh, yeah, Rob Bagshaw, I'll go for it because I just don't have to give it to Rich Barge, then which is all right. And Ollie, uh, Rob Davis.
2: Rob Davis. So there we go, guys. And that moves us on to our final segment. OK, and once again, thank you very much guys for listening in. Uh, the next episode will probably be, be the pre-season preview, or maybe we'll do something about the fixtures in the season. We'll see how it goes. We'll see
4: what we've got for time. Um, Ian? Can I, just, can I just say something, James? Um, i just like to mention we're, we're the Cow Corner Extra podcast you know, we do lower division stuff in Shropshire. And um, I I think it's worth mentioning Paul Shrimpton from Quad at this stage. Um, we lost him uh, a few weeks ago. And Quad 3 started about the same time as Cordale 2's. So I played a lot of cricket uh, against, you know, they're quite close neighbours to us at Cordale I uh, played a lot of the cricket against Quad 3's. And the Shrimp and, and, and uh, Trevor Barker had a very good young side taking uh, the young girls and boys round from quad playing, in their own in those early years. And um, he's had a difficult few years with his health, um, but he's been a stalwart for quad. I know we've all got a stalwart in the club, but, you know, through, uh, through his illness, he's still been turning up. And when we played there this summer, he came down to see us because... You know, there's a lot of respect between Corvdale and Quatt. And um, he called down to see us, even though he wasn't playing. So uh, I think we should just give uh, Paul Shrimpton a a mention.
2: Mm. Yeah. He here. here. Yeah, Yeah, definitely, mate. Definitely. Thank you very much, guys. And as always, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. You can listen to the podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify and Apple Podcast. Uh, you can use the hashtags, hashtag CowCorner and CowCornerExtra and at tag at cow corner Podcast and at CowCornerPod. Anyway, once again, thank you very much, guys.
4: And thank you very much, Ollie. Thanks, James. Thanks, guys.
2: Thank you very much, Ian.
4: No problem at all. Thank you very much indeed, everybody.
2: Off to go back lambing. <laughs>
4: uh, I am, um, yeah. Oh, and I didn't want a podcast to pass. Uh, without a book mention, yes. sales were up last year. Um, Good, obviously first proper season um, since since the since I'd written it. So uh, Beacon definitely worth a mention. I sold three books that day, so big up the Beacon. Well done. Yes, there uh, well, are one or two copies still available for this year, so I should be eyeing in teams I haven't uh, coloured last year. Thank
2: You very much. Well, uh, available in all good bookstores, Amazon, and also through message to the Cow Corner podcast, and we'll put you through to him. And, and the also, bookstores. just collar him <laughs> in Division Six next season. And, um, <laughs> and finally, <laughs> I should follow that. Thank you very much, slats.
0: <laughs> totally enjoyed it tonight, fellas. And looking forward to the pre season where uh, I can have a go at Mr. Alderson because we play him first game of the season, local derby. <laughs> 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 but yeah thoroughly enjoyed that and very nice words from ian also yeah. regarding uh mr shrimpton so uh, yeah yeah
2: very much echoed from everyone at the cow corner podcast and thoughts go out to all the friends, family and all members at quad cc and anyway thank you once again uh for listening this has been another episode of the cow corner podcast until next time goodbye